Welcome to The Lead, the Hartford's executive podcast series, where some of our company's most innovative and engaging leaders share their thoughts about leadership, career development, our company, and industry. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Lead. I'm your host, Paula Angelo, and I head internal and CEO communications at the Hartford. Our guest today is Beth Costello, the Hartford's chief financial officer. Beth's portfolio includes finance, investor relations, treasury, actuarial, mergers and acquisitions, strategic sourcing, and real estate. Beth, thanks so much for making time to chat today. Very pleased to be here. Excellent. So I thought the best place for us to start today is to really uh, hear about your professional journey. And you've had such a, a terrific career and have had a chance to make an impact in so many ways at the Hartford. But let's start out with the very beginning. And what led you to decide that you wanted a career in corporate finance? Tell us a little bit about what you were thinking when you were envisioning your career and then what was the path that that got you to where you are now? Well, thank you, Paula. It's a question I get a lot um, as to what my career path has been, and I would probably describe it as a long winding road. Um, and I did not start my career out of college with a desire or a goal that I would be the chief financial officer of, of a company. I started out of college at public accounting, which was a great place for me to start. It gave me so much exposure to different companies, size-wise, industries, uh, relationships that I developed. And my journey has really been about taking on new opportunities as they came about, taking risk sometimes in, in things that were offered to me that I maybe didn't see myself doing, but provided a great opportunity. And all of those things just sort of built the career that I have and just so happy to to be here. I've been with the Hartford since 2004. I tell people though that my journey with the Hartford really started in the early 90s when I was in public accounting because the Hartford was one of my clients and just was able to develop relationships and knowledge along the way. And I always tell people that you never know the person you're dealing with today where they're going to be in your future because it has been very interesting to just see how you cross paths with people time and time again. That's fascinating. And I think that's a really interesting insight because you were doing something that was probably very specific to a public accounting track at the time. And to see how that parlayed into the role that you've got now is, is interesting. Talk a little bit about why accounting. What about that profession really spoke to you as you were going through school? Another good question. So I remember taking an accounting course in high school and was very intrigued with the profession. My grandfather actually had said to me at one point that he thought that that might be a very interesting career opportunity for me. And when I chose a college to go to, I actually chose a business college. So I sort of decided early on that I wanted to go into business. I went to Bryant University and was on an accounting major. And as geeky as it's going to sound, I loved all of my accounting courses. Uh, um, definitely enjoyed not just like working with numbers, but just the story that they tell, how you can think about the story they're telling for the future, just, you know, all aspects of it. And at that time, it was pretty 
kind of not common, but public accounting was sort of the natural path for accounting majors. And so that's why I ended that path. And I always tell people that at the time there were eight big accounting firms. There's only four now. There's a lot of consolidation that's happened. And I remember I interviewed with all eight, which at the time was probably kind of silly to do because that's a lot to interview with. But I just really wanted to see just the different types of, of firms that were out there and what they potentially had to offer. I ultimately decided to go with Arthur Anderson. So it was just a great experience. And as I said, it really provided me an opportunity just to get a lot of different experiences. I worked with insurance clients like the Hartford, but I also worked with hospitals. I worked with investment management companies, big companies, small companies, was able to get exposed to the Hartford's national office. So in some respects, kind of getting that view of what sort of the corporate world looks like. Um, so it's just all in all was was great. And I really enjoyed my public accounting career. I did go to Deloitte for a little bit. And at the time I was provided the opportunity to come to the Hartford, I really did feel like it was sort of a fork in the road choice. Do I want to stay in public accounting or do I want to come in, you know, in-house, so to speak? And for a variety of reasons, chose the the in-house um, part and came to the Hartford. And I remember at the time thinking, gosh, I wonder if I'm going to get bored because I'm going to be at like one company every day, same people. And then what I loved about public accounting was just the different experiences and different people. And I can assure you that I've never been bored here at the Hartford. There's always been plenty to do, plenty of very interesting experiences to deal with. And it's just all in all been a great experience and a great company. Well, and you've been with the Hartford through some really interesting events, you know, just thinking about even the past couple of years going through the pandemic and Hartford Next and um, also the implementation of the Hartford Way. But one thing that struck me and what you were just saying is the story in the numbers. And I'm just interested to get your perspective on that. Like when you see a spreadsheet or a financial document, does it speak to you as a narrative? Yes, it does. No matter what it is I'm looking at, you know, financial statements, spreadsheets, so forth, I am always looking to make connections between the numbers that I'm seeing and the things that I know and predicting, is this what I'd expect to see or should I be seeing something different or should we be pushing for a different outcome? So it's not a sort of static, like there's numbers on a page, there's numbers on a spreadsheet, but to me, it's really about what are they saying? What is it indicating that we should do differently? What's an opportunity? What's a risk? I'm constantly looking for patterns. It's another thing that I, I'm looking at in those connection points of, what we've seen before and how is that a predictor of what we might see in the future or how is the future going to be different from the past and what are things that we need to consider. Let's take a short break. When we return, more from Beth Costello. Hey, Hartford employees, make sure to visit iConnect where you'll find all the latest news on our business wins, well-being tips, benefit updates, upcoming company events, and so much more. But if you can't see it daily, be sure to read iConnect Week in Review every Friday morning. That's where you can get caught up on what you missed. We now return to The Lead, the Harford's executive podcast series. Welcome back. We're talking with Beth Costello, the Hartford CFO. So I think about somebody who might be listening to this conversation whose early career in any discipline in the company 
that looking for patterns and that analytical approach, is that something you've taught yourself or is that something that was innate? How did you develop those rhythms that inform the way that you approach your work now? I think it's a variety of experiences that have put me in, in this place. I think that I definitely watched others. I'm a, I'm, I do watch a lot. I'm definitely, and again, it's probably me looking for patterns and, and looking to, to get details out of um, a lot of information. So look at that. I, you know, my experiences in, in public accounting, I think definitely contribute to that because a lot of that is you're there, right? Validating, auditing what, you know, companies are producing for financial numbers. So part of your job is to look at why is this wrong? Like what's wrong with this picture? So you're constantly looking for what's the outlier? Where, where, what is something that just doesn't make sense? And looking at it with a critical eye and not just accepting sort of what's on the page, but questioning, well, why could it be a different outcome? And what would be a different result be? That's fascinating. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and just talk about um, your role. Part of your portfolio includes uh, corporate strategy as well as all of the financial processes at the Hartford. And so I want to start by talking about the Hartford strategy. And one critical element really is focused on um, how we can become an easier company to do business with and deliver a differentiated customer experience. One contributor to that is the Hartford way, which I think a lot of companies have implemented similar types of programs in their operational areas. What is interesting to me is that finance was the first corporate function in the Hartford to implement the Hartford way. So I'm curious, why did you raise your hand and how has it impacted the way that your team operates today? Part of the reason why I wanted the finance team to go through the Hartford way is that it was such a big initiative for the company. And I felt that it was important in the role that finance plays that we understand what our business partners were um, implementing and how they were operating. So it just felt like a very natural extension. And to understand what it meant to have operating routines and metrics, which I think is a really important part of the Hartford way, is like really measuring outcomes. And I, what I saw happen within the finance group is it just provided, I think, a bit more structure for a lot of the things that we were, we were already doing, but really helping to make sure that the organization understood, in, you know, wh where we're going and then in the individual groups, what's important, what's the priority, how do we continue to reprioritize what we're doing. As we all know, we've, we've got a lot of demands on us and we only have so many resources. And one of the things I know we're really trying to do in finance is make sure we're keeping a good equilibrium on that. And I feel some of the mechanisms from the Hartford way really allow you to prioritize work and decide what is most important and be able to articulate, well, why is this adding value? Why should we be doing this activity? I think the root cause problem solving has, in finance, I think we have 
definitely come a long way, probably still more to go. We keep challenging ourselves on that. And I think it's such a great concept because we can be really good at putting out fires and fixing things. But if we don't get to the root cause of why do they happen to begin with so that we can avoid them in the future, it just continues to make a lot of just, I, I feel work that just doesn't need to be done. And we have a better um, better places where we can we can put our effort. So, you know, I, I think it was a great exercise to go through. I think it really was helpful as we move to a full-time remote process through COVID because you had a lot of those those management mechanisms in place as it related to huddles and, you know, keeping track of different activities and work streams and all of that. Um, so I'm really happy that we implemented it when we did. Listening to you and thinking about how nicely your explanation dovetails with Hartford Next, because one of the things that um, you've spoken about often is Hartford Next really, it's it's not just a cost cutting exercise, but really an effort to enhance the Hartford's competitiveness. And so I'm wondering if you can speak to the relationship between those two corporate initiatives and maybe also share a little bit just sort of how you feel about where we are on our Hartford Next journey and whether it's where you expected we would be. Yeah, so I'll start with with that aspect as it relates to Hartford Next. Very pleased with where we are. As you know, we're exceeding the targets that we originally established. and when you look at the world that we're in now and a lot of the challenges that are out there, I think the fact that we're going into this environment with having really rationalized our cost structure and thought about efficiency, thought about uh, what activities we, sh we should be doing, I think is, is positioning us very well. So very pleased with that and very pleased that you know we launched it when we did. It was a company-wide effort. And I think the fact that the whole company was part of it was I think a key ingredient to the success that we've seen. And I think, you know, Hartford Next and Hartford Way, I think they are, they're different, obviously, but I think a lot of the things that are in place with Hartford Way, I think helped to facilitate some of the Hartford Next initiatives. And again, part of Hartford Way is making sure that we're holding ourselves accountable to, as I said before, metrics and things like that. And a big part of Hartford Next was really looking at how do we sustain what we're doing? This isn't just, you know, cut costs temporarily. It's like, how do you really change the way you do work that allows you to sustain the efficiencies that we're gaining? And I think some of the mechanisms, as I said, in Hereford Way provide us the opportunity to measure that and make sure that we are keeping those efficiencies and continuing to improve our processes. Yeah, it's funny. I um, use the analogy when we talk about Hartford Next that there are some exercises where it's like, OK, my class reunion is in two weeks and I want to fit in my skinny jeans. So, you know, I'm going to eat cabbage soup for two weeks and then as soon as the reunion is over, I'm going to go order a pizza. And if you were to draw the analogy to Hartford Next, it's not that. It's I'm going to make some sustainable lifestyle changes that are going to allow me to be healthier in the long run. Yeah, no, I think that's a great analogy. And again, 
using the Hartford way to make sure that those things that you're doing, you keep doing. So if there were certain activities that you were streamlining or certain benchmarks that you had for how much automation you're using and things like that, you want to make sure that you have the mechanisms in place to keep monitoring that to make sure that we're keeping pace or in a lot of areas starting to outpace some of those efficiencies that we originally anticipated. And the fact that matters because you typically ask me this during our QLM meetings, like, are we done yet? And I always <laughs> say that this is a continuous process because it's continuous improvement. Like as a company, you, you referenced, you know, our strategy and all the things that we're trying to do. We have very aggressive goals. Um, we hold ourselves to very high standards that we want to achieve. And the only way we're going to get there is to keep pushing ourselves, keep looking for new ways to do things, new innovation, new automation, new skill sets. And it doesn't have to be taken as a negative. I think it really is a positive because all of these things are allowing us ultimately to compete effectively, to meet and exceed our customers' expectations, because all of that is going to continue to fuel the growth and the trajectory that the company is on. To sort of becoming the best Hartford. Exactly, exactly. That's all the time we have for this week's episode. Check back next week for part two of our conversation with Beth Costello, the Hartford's Chief Financial Officer. This has been The Lead, the Hartford's executive podcast series. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'd be notified on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.